Welcome to Slacker Studio, a podcast all about the things we do when we're slacking. We'll be chatting about a variety of things such as gaming, movies, tech news. And I thought there was going to be another thing on that list, but there isn't. I'm Ed. <laughs> and I'm Jack. This week's beer of the show is slightly different for the both of us. So what have you got, Jack? So because we live far apart at the moment and I'm in Bristol and we haven't synced it up because we've both been busy bees, um, I've got something called Drygate IPA, or it's called Drygate Gladeye IPA. It's called, yeah, so it's a 5.5% um, brewed fearlessly, it says. It's from cool. Glasgow. It says, open doors, open minds, whatever it takes, all about exceptional beer. Brew it, drink it, share it. Our journey of discovery begins here. Achieve the ex- exceptional inspired by trident forging cyclops of brute strength right <laughs> and singular vision smooth caramel citrus zest giant ipa right well that sounds as craft as fuck that sounds like well we've got the trident thingamabob the nuclear hops and the thing but it looks quite nice what about you what have you got so I have Shipyard American IPA this says Shipyard American IPA combining finest malt barley with a whole bunch of audacious American hops. This thirst-quenching, gutsy IPA is dry, refreshing, and explodes with grapefruity citrus flavor. All right. Cool. Cool. Open them up. Yes, indeed. Oh, shit. Really difficult to reach over my mic arm and get this thing. I've actually got a glass now. Hey. V for victory, which is actually a cider glass, but shut up. It's fine. Everything's fine. Oh, no, pouring it on myself. That's not a good start. You know when you put it on the, just the rim of the glass, but it actually dribbles around? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Perfect. so there's not much head on this beer. Oh, no, there's lots of head. Stop. No, mine's mine's literally like a perfect pint. Mm. Oh, God, that's really floral. Mm. That's what I just, I just got a tiny dribble. I'm feeling the citrus. It's quite dark. Mine's kind of like an amber, like a medium. Mm. Mine's, yeah, I'd say that as well. They mm. look, like, on camera, they look pretty similar. Mm. Oh, that's nice. It's also really punchy. Oh, you can definitely taste that's an IPA. So we have a beer scale out of five, or you know, a rating, sorry. Um, one, of course, is brr, and five is, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever had in my life. Um, so what are your initial impressions on your IPA? Well, it smells lovely, and I actually need to drink some now. So cheers. <laughs> mm. Well, that's uh, that tastes quite different afterwards. It's, uh, yeah, it's citrusy. I can't really place it. It's it's very light. Yeah. Oh no, mine's heavy. It's five point five. It's quite heavy. It's such a, an, a a smack in the face of flavour. It's quite heavy. It's really citrusy, but also you've got a really bitter aftertaste. So I don't know how I feel about this at the moment. Yeah, actually, I'm getting that weird um, <sighs> excessively citrusy feel in my mouth. This is a kick in the balls. Um, for now, <laughs> I'm going to call this, at the moment, I'm going to call this, I, I know this is going to sound horrible, but two. I'm going to give this a two okay. right now. This is really hurting me. Um, oh, God. But it's got a really, really nice white fluffy head. Giggity. <laughs> uh, mine, mm. I, I don't know, I'll go for three. It's it's fine. It's it's interesting because it's kind of quite flavoursome, but it's it's fine. Like it's it's nothing like I'm like oh yeah this is great it's just fine. You yeah, see is, Jack's face. This is such a slap in the face. Oh my god, why? It's like oh it's so hoppy. Um, okay, so tell me how how's your week been, dude? Or a few weeks in that fact. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, we've we kind of because we did the last show kind of during like midweek. We ended up kind of 
being a little bit more than a couple of weeks since the last show. But yeah, it's all all good. My week's been good. We've uh, watched quite a lot of stuff, really. Mm. Um, but I finally finished Jack 2 last night. Um, yeah, cool. Which has been a long time coming. And I've already started three. Nice. So so that's been fun. Which, which do you think was the better one? Jack 1, Jack 2? I don't know. I really, really like the story in Jack 2. It kind of... Um, I, it's really difficult and I also feel like there could be a little bit more story overall like it's very spaced out but maybe I feel that because I've played it over the last like few months rather than like a, a condensed bit of time but I think the story is better in Jack 3 I just wish it continued mm. so we'll see I, obviously I've only just started in Jack 3 but the nice thing is you've got like the two cities so you've got Haven City and then you've got the, the, like the Wasteland and I can't remember what that place is called but it's um, yeah it's great uh, what else? So the other thing I've been playing, which we've both managed to play a little bit of just now, is yeah. uh, Apex Legends. So, yeah. what do you think? Because you've you've only just played it. So I mean, yeah, it's um, we'll be talking about it also in this week's gaming because it's just exploded out of nowhere. And <clears throat> so I played I played um, battle royales before. I was uh, on I played a bit of Fortnite. I mostly played PUBG. Um, and I think the thing about Fortnite was that because it was free and because you could build in it, loads of people loved it. Um, and I always felt like the best business model for um, a battle royale system would be a free-to-play thing, which is what Apex Legends have done. Mm. I like it because it feels like a mixture of Overwatch um, and uh, battle royale. So you've got an ability that makes it so you can kind of see other people. So like this guy that I've been playing, uh, Bloodhound, I think his name is, um, you can use an ability which shows anyone in your immediate area uh, like a big sonar radar thing um, his ultimate if you find someone you can find where their fit their footprints were earlier so if you know someone's ran around the corner you can literally follow their footprints to where they were which got me a kill in our last match nice yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> so you've got ultimate abilities you've got abilities it does feel kind of like an fps shooter with uh, overwatch's ultimate abilities it does feel like that i quite like it out of all the battle royales i've played i actually quite like this more so because Guns are more prolific. Some games you have shit luck, but it's not as bad as PUBG where it takes you like half an hour. Or no, that's an overexplained. Like five minutes or ten minutes to find another house. You could get shot by someone who got lucky on the way down. Mm. Um, and ultimately it just takes you forever to find anything and get things going. And you also have to pick them up from the floor and you can't... You have to... So say you pick up a silencer, you have to put it on the gun. Whereas in this game, you pick up a silencer, it'll automatically put it on the gun. And if you find a better one, it'll swap it out. It's really, really good. I really like the system. It's really cool. And you can dunk out things. So it's quick and it's quite clean. And I think that's why it's so popular. How have you found it? I think it's, it just looks fantastic as well. I think that's yeah. the thing to mention. Like, so this is made by the guys um, Respawn who did Titanfall and Titanfall 2. Now, I never played those. Um, but apparently, if you have an Xbox at the moment, it's very, very cheap on the store to get Titanfall 2. Um, and apparently, it's well worth a look. So... I really enjoy it. It's I didn't like Fortnite because it was the building aspect of it. I just couldn't be bothered with it. It's, yeah. Um, and PUBG was fine. Actually, I ended up playing more of that on my phone, if anything, because you yeah. could. Um, I never played it on the phone. Is it good? It Surprisingly, it was actually all right. Like, it, I think you've got to have a bigger phone screen, but it's, it's good fun. I'd be curious to try it on, like, a tablet, see how that yeah. went. But um, it's... It's way better than either of those two games for me because it it's actually feels like a big proper game. It does. And also I don't feel so stressed when I lose. Like in yeah. 
in <clears throat> PUBG, it took forever to get somewhere, and when you die, you just feel frustrated because you have to sit in a waiting area for a minute, and then you have to go out and you have to land, and it's, it's, it is kind of like that weird Battle Royale feel, but I don't know, it just feels so much more fluid, and when you die, you get to the loading screen quicker, and it's not as... Yeah, no, it just feels nicer, I guess. It's just quick, isn't on. it, all the way yeah. through, like you say. like it can Seamless. There's no waiting lobby. Your kind of your squad is in, and then you just guys just jump out, and that's it. But I think totally. it, the gameplay is just so much fun. It, it's not difficult to find loot, but sometimes you get really unlucky and can't <laughs> like find a earlier. gun. I, I was just running around, <laughs> going, "Great, I have a grenade," but that's it's it. It's just like me with a sniper and a, a machine gun, and Ed with like two pistols and a grenade. Yeah. And it it's took like, me a while to find the pistols. <laughs> and you're like, Jack, the worst pistol is a Mozambique. First thing he picks up, Mozambique. Mm -hmm. It's like this dumb pistol shotgun thing that shoots confetti effectively. <laughs> it totally is. It totally yeah. does shoot confetti. Yeah, it's completely useless. Anyway, uh, what else have I been doing? Watching stuff. So we watched all of the Hobbit films. So Kristen yeah, hadn't great. seen... She hadn't seen any of the Hobbit films. She'd seen... I think she's seen some of Lord of the Rings, but so not... Pretty all of it and yes the hobbit is just beautiful um fully extended editions um just it's just really good to watch them again they i did feel the first one dragged out which is what yeah. i felt when i first saw that in the cinema anyway um but overall it's just they're just great fun they just really really enjoy them yeah um, I, the only other I know thing to people go on well, I was just going to move on, but let's talk about The Hobbit. Oh, no, I just, I just wanted to kind of mention it quickly, is that because uh, Peter Jackson was rushed because he was the third director to have it, so he had no pre-production, I felt like ah. they were quite good, you know, regardless of the fact they had, like, no time to do anything. Um, and I enjoyed them overall. I mean, I always enjoy anything Lord of the Rings-based. I'm an absolute Lord of the Rings nut, so, like, anything to do with that Tolkien universe, I'm just warped into, so I can't mm. wait to watch the extended editions myself because... I saw the Battle of the Elves and the Dwarves, which is you know, a bit of a spoiler, but you, you'll get that anyway. You'll get to there. And I'm yeah. not giving anything away by saying that. But there's an ingenious way the Dwarves managed to counter uh, certain Elvish weaponry. Mm. And it's so cool. It's so I've clever. never seen that. And I remember watching it, and it was the first time I'd watched something like a big battle sequence where I just my mouth dropped. And I was like, who thought of that? That's such a great idea. And, oh, it's just oh, it's so cool. It and I was like, I want really that. really clever. And that, it's amazing when you hear like Gimli say, "Give me a band that was, you know, so like um, angry and filthy or something similar <laughs> like that." And I'm like, "Yeah, see what they do. Send in the rams." <laughs> uh, yeah, I so do good. like the uh, the goats and stuff. No, the goats. That that's yeah, it. Yeah. Send in the goats. <laughs> and, you're, and you're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but it's so good. That's that's wicked. Yeah. So um, yeah, she's watched the Hobbit films. Is she? inundated with the lord of the rings films though yeah i mean we we started the fellowship now it's worth pointing out that the extended edition of the fellowship is nearly four hours long yeah um, um, maybe maybe get her to watch the theatrical versions first and get used to it yeah no? i guess so but i kind of just want to do it if we're gonna do it do you know what i mean it's like I get you. the extended edition exists for a reason it's um, so good it is and i was trying to figure out because I don't think I've seen the theatrical version, not since whenever it was first in the cinema, because I've always had the extended edition. Oh, man, you notice it so much. When you watch the theatrical version, like, oh, they've cut that bit out. That was really cool. I like that. Yeah, because I remember you saying, oh, is it because on Netflix they've got them and you watched one the other day or That's something. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and it, it was, was a bit just weirded out. Short. And even like audio cues, I know those films so much that someone was calling me a sad git because I knew the line, I knew how the line was said, in, including the tone. Like, so mm. I could watch the film without watching it because when I was working doing 3D, I used to have things in the background because I had one screen, I couldn't watch it whilst the 3D modelling. So it was like a radio drama. Right. Um, so I listened to all three films so much as a radio drama because literally if I'd finished Fellowship of the Ring Extended Edition, I could stop and have a break because it was four hours long. Yep. <laughs> four hours of work and I could have a break. It was perfect. Uh, so the only other thing we kind of both watched was uh, the kind of surprise film for both of us really like neither of us knew much about it but mm. um elita battle angel now what yeah. did you think of this so i'd seen bad reviews before i went in um, right. but when i went in I, I i always go in you know with an open mind i'm like that's your opinion and mine could be very different um and in a cg point of view it was beautiful um so i was saying to my uh, the head of 3d at our place when i got in uh, on wednesday after my long weekend i was like if you're going to see it the one thing that I definitely mo noticed the most was how her hair moved. Um, the physics on her hair, when she's on the skates and she's kind of whirling around and this like, I forgot what this, the sport was called. I cannot Battle remember. Ball or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that, isn't but, it? But it was so cool watching her like skate around and seeing her hair go with the gravity of that. And I was like that, because on the 3D side, I was like, that's quite, for me, I think that's quite complicated. But for every scene she's in, it looks perfect. It looks like yeah. it also keeps you uh, keeps the character validated. And when people said, "Oh, she looks kind of human, but she's got massive eyes," that's really weird. That didn't actually bother me that much um, because I saw her as a very different sort of like as a robotic sort of character. Yeah, not she's a, a full cyborg, near enough. Yeah, and and so I thought it was really cool. I was very surprised with the storyline. I felt it could be it was quite slow at times and a bit misjointed. Mm. Um, I feel like if they do do a sequel, and I think I'm sure they are going to do a sequel for it, um, if they tighten up the screws, it will be a lot nicer um, in terms of narrative. But overall, I enjoyed it. It was a nice spectacle. I love watching things like that. And yeah, I'd say, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I really enjoyed it. I was pleasantly surprised. I kind of, it was one of those things I kind of, I saw what was on at the cinema this week and then... I was like, oh, what's that? Never heard of it. Watched the trailer and was like, yeah, sounds good. It happened to line up when you were actually back from Bristol as well, which yeah. is great. So we managed to go see that. Well, um, next. Go on. And I just, I just think that it, visually it was really, really impressive. I was definitely disappointed that it was going to be a two-parter. Yeah, same. Or it's attempting to be a two-parter. I actually don't know that the, the next film is confirmed or not. Um, but... Because I was like most of the way through it, and I was like, "Oh god, this is going to be a really long film if it keeps going, and then it doesn't keep going." Yeah, it gives um, no hint that it's going to be a singular. No, no, and which is which is a shame, but I think just visually, it's stunning. It really, yeah. really is. It's a lovely bit of VFX, and I don't even know how they did it. <laughs> well, James Cameron's involved, so there's there's oh. that. Um, he was one of the main writers. Um, and then I think he's possibly also a producer as well. Um, so that probably doesn't really surprise me that it's kind of this big cgi thing that makes sense avatar was just phenomenal exactly exactly um i'm just i'm trying to actually look up what the the box office is for it because i'm curious to see how much money it's made so far mm. you cannot um, come here jake sully <laughs> yeah uh the estimated box office is apparently 200 million that's well how much would it cost what 100 150 I don't know. Um, ah, no, sorry. My, it's 
estimated budget was 200 million. Now, ah. I don't know. Well, that's concerning if that's the case, because the, the, the just in the US, it's only done just under 9 million so far in the in the US. So. Wow. Um, yeah, that's that could be problematic. I'm just Good actually going to Google it. Um, but it's had I've hardly seen any advertising for it. No, me either. Or any me hype. either. I know um, it was like a manga or something that was turned into a film. Yeah, that's concerningly low. Like sixteen million. Uh, although that's possibly still America worldwide, fifty million. That's still nothing. That's not good. <laughs> that's not good for a, like that's like a, a quarter of its budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but yeah, mm. uh, overall, did you you so you liked it in terms of visuals and you thought that the story was a bit brr, but you know overall it's an okay film. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a bit slow in places, as you I think you kind of said it was just it would have been nice if it kept the momentum up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but overall, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, what else have I done this week? Velvet Buzzsaw. Yeah. So this was a weird one. This was last night. Um. It's it just kind of appeared at the top of of Netflix as things do, and we're like, do you know what? Yeah, let's give that a go. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal in, a load of other people as well that you'd know, and I I just can't be bothered to look it up right now. But um, <laughs> it's kind of like a it it's described as a slasher. Now, to me, slasher means that pe- lots of people are gonna die. Yeah, and there's like four people that die in the whole film. So I don't know. I wouldn't call it that. It's definitely like a thriller horror to me. Um, but it's re- it's really good. It's bonkers, completely bonkers. I wish it ended a little better because it kind of just finishes. But overall, it's really, really interesting and kind of uh, it's creepy paintings is all, all I'll tell you about it. But it's it's really, really interesting. And Jake Gyllenhaal is fantastic in it um, as one of the main characters. He's really, really good at just being someone totally different. Because uh, have you seen Nightcrawler? No. That is another one that's really good because he is just bonkers in that as well. He's like a he's trying to be a kind of ambulance chaser kind of camera camera guy, um, and it's that's just really interesting as well the way they kind of pull that one all together. But I, and the visuals in it are incredible. That's that's the main thing for that one. Uh, same with this one, even though it's kind of a smallish scale kind of set in LA but really all you see is the inside of art galleries and like a few streets so it's it's impressive overall and good fun but I I'd watch it if you if you if you like that sort of film I'll give it a go why not yeah it's good fun what about you how's your week been it's been pretty good um doing lots of stuff at work it's been going well managed to hand something in on friday so i was quite happy um in terms of like all the things going on outside it um overwatch league started this week yes and i've been so buzzing to see this happen because we had loads more teams joined like paris eternal huangzhou charge i think something something chengu hunters <laughs> or something there's lots of there's lots of other teams that have joined both american there's one european team that's joined called paris eternal um but watching them all play um has been absolutely incredible to watch uh even shanghai dragons lost to um the spark uh which is kind of they've never won a game and they still haven't won a game going into season two so it's an interesting yeah. thing to watch that that team do uh spitfire playing tonight so i'm looking forward to watching that 
but um, overall, it's also been great because I got one of our Slacker co-hosts, Morgan, and his girlfriend uh, stayed up and watched it on Friday night, just watched oh, the really? inaugural opening. And I'm really glad because it, uh, you can learn so much. And also, if you get the uh, all-access pass, you can actually do a um, point of view of the specific characters. So if you want to watch just the jet, just the uh, Winston, you could do that. I've just seen because I've just gone onto the Overwatch League website and I've just seen that you can do that. That's pretty damn cool. So awesome! Like, so I was just watching the uh, Zenyatta. Um, I watched the uh, Zenyatta and the NXL uh, match, which is Jonak, who's arguably one of the best, if not the best, um, Zenyatta in the world. And he does mm. things I wouldn't even consider. And he looks, he managed to find avenues. Like he's like, oh, someone's going to peek out there in a second, and he'll just headshot them immediately. It's like, how do you even know to look that way? But you know, they do scrims. They they're always sitting there, kind of going over game plans for hours, seeing previous footage, kind of like you know any other sports like NFL where they plan in advance. Um, but yeah, Overwatch League was fantastic, and we've got more on tonight, more on tomorrow because there's more teams. They've actually got it going on for more days, which well, means that I, I can was just watch... looking at this. There's like twenty. 20 teams yeah that's bananas mm -hmm. and there's still only like one european team or something ridiculous there's two now so there's paris eternal and there's uh, london spitfire oh yeah. okay the champions from last year might i add um but yeah so oh yeah spitfire versus paris in two and a half or well, three hours time that'll be fun and that's it so we lost against philly fusion on friday uh, we better not lose yeah, I, if we lose, I'll be very, very angry. Um, I mean, against Holy Fusion, they've always had a very, they've always done very well against us. So I wasn't even angry, and they also mm. had a score to settle after we beat them in the final. So I, I'm not, yeah. you know, angry about that. Um, but yeah, so I watched League of Zid. I'm excited. Um, wow, I found a new guild with lots of fun people to play with. Mm. I say lots too, um, but I did some mythics and I managed to get a uh, 380 dagger. Um, so ultimately, like I've, I've had a lot of fun just logging on and just saying hello to people. Um, which I haven't had for a while because my previous guild was kind of dead and other people had moved on and I just kind of was sat there. I didn't use my main character at all because there was no, there's no point. Yeah. So I've been doing that. Um, I guess finally as well, uh, I've also got this thing called Kerbal Space Program, which I picked up cheap on Steam because yeah. it was on sale. Now, Kerbal Space Program is wicked because you you basically, uh, it's like your mate, you've got your own NASA um, and you have to build a rocket and you could do space missions but it's like science based so you have to know how much fuel that you need to kind of like break the atmosphere um you have to actually like know your pull of gravity uh what your gravitational kind of turn is orbit around the earth and and then in order to go to the moon you have to find a way of being able to have like a, a rocket stage that will get you out of that orbit in, on your way to the moon which they call the mun so oh, yeah. I still haven't landed on the moon, even though it's one of the tutorials, because I find it really hard getting used to the sciencey side of it. But I hope to crack it because it's really cool. And there's all sorts of things I didn't consider, like aerodynamics, um, uh, adding extra rockets. You have different phases. So, of course, when you set off, you have your main rockets and then you, you detach them. You have another rocket to bring you through. You can't go too fast or else you might burn up. Um, <laughs> and that's also the same with coming in. If you can come in at a slower cadence or you can find a way of protecting your scientific experiments attached to the side of your ship. If you come in too fast, they get burned off. So all that scientific data you've just learned in space is wasted. So there's loads of stuff that you can do. And it's really cool just being able to build rockets and see if they work. <laughs> I I'm just trying to find it on Steam, but um, it's it, really really itched that space thing. Yeah, me. it's really really it. interesting. Like, I love it. You can, it, it. I've always seen it as like a a really 
odd thing and i've seen lots of stuff on reddit about it and i've just been curious as to whether it's actually good to play i think i missed the uh steam sale sadly because it's like oh. 40 quid it is odd but it's cool i'm really enjoying it and you could also get like add-ons like someone's done an apollo 11 add-on so you get all the textures so it all looks like you can make the saturn 5 rocket that's oh, so cool yeah 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 i am um, the only thing i've just been looking on steam at is actually the new far cry game that's gonna be interesting because they did is that far well. cry 5 no so that was uh about six months ago and there's it's far cry new dawn that will be fun ah. um i'm curious cool so anyway yeah let's actually week. do some news yeah what i've so this lost gaming. my fucking news there it is uh okay all right this weekend gaming go so for I'll, it with apex i'll start off with apex legends so i've heard about apex legends from ed uh from people at work who are just like but you play games why aren't you playing this game <laughs> i was like well it just sounds like a normal battle royale what's the point of it but the popular popularity and the fierceness of it was so much so that it was at the top of Twitch for, mm. I think, a good week, if not more than a few weeks, potentially. And so much so that when Overwatch League came back, it had only just outdone Apex Legend in terms of viewings. Um, but that's also because of the amount of Chinese teams that have added. There was a hell of a lot more traffic from China as well, which mm. I think is awesome because more people are being represented in China. Shanghai Dragons lost the entirety of last season, so they're all probably looking for new teams to support. <laughs> To support Jack sparrowing me from his room, like just tweaking his mustache because he's got a glorious one and I don't. But yeah, um, so that's the uh, that's the thing. So the reason I want to touch on Apex Legends is because it is a it is a um, a battle royale thing, and so Planet Side Arena has been delayed again, and all their pre-orders have been refunded, or most of them have. So really. Planet yeah, so Planet Side Arena adapts the MMO shooter into a match-based format with a battle royale mode as well as a 250 versus 250 team battle. It was supposed to launch on the 29th of January, um, uh, but just a few days before that date, Daybreak Game Company announced that it was delayed until March. Um, which is interesting because with the likes of Apex Legends coming out, we've had PUBG, we've had... Fortnite. Mm. How long do you reckon the battle royale genre is going to go? Because I've already had two friends that I suggested let's play Apex Legend. Uh, one of them said he wasn't interested in it. The other was like, oh, I'm sick and tired with it. You know, people really don't like battle royales at the moment. So, and it's it's really tough because they probably had shit times with earlier ones, or just seen the trashiness of the community with, potentially with other battle royale games. I think a uh, Apex really kind of makes it fresh again, and I'm enjoying it. What do you think? Yeah, How long do you reckon too. it'll go for? I I love it I really do I think I think a lot of it for me is the aesthetic um because I love Overwatch because of how it looks and I really do like the the playstyle of it as well but I I haven't enjoyed Fortnite because I don't like uh, as we've already said the build, the building aspect of it um PUBG looks like shit it it plays <laughs> like shit and it's fine but it's and I like the concept but it was never perfect for me now this like daisy yeah yeah this this is fantastic like it is perfect all the way through yes there have been problems there has definitely been some stability problems i've had it myself like that it's it's crashed to desktop for no reason at all and you're just out there going Whoa, okay what? what happened but they're fixing it the, the devs are super communicative on on reddit and wherever else um and the thing is it came out of nowhere nobody knew it existed and then bang launched 10 million plus players 
in that insane and streamers as well yeah. i mean that's apex was such a massive thing for uh, i mean sorry PUBG was such a massive thing for streamers like uh, dr disrespect and all these other people mm. um they'd watch and they'd be able to get like that one shot kill and end the game and be the number one player and like, oh my god this guy's amazing i'm gonna do all these tricks and you can't do them yourself um but it is it is fascinating how this is still going um I do believe it's breathed new life into it. I feel like Apex, without, you know, no pun intended, may be the apex of the Battle Royale genre. Mm. I can't think of anything more that I'd want to play doing Battle Royale. No, no, absolutely not. And the interesting thing is, I, I mean, I'm never going to spend a penny on it. No, I get that too. Like, it doesn't bother me. I've never spent any money on Overwatch skins or anything else like that. And if anything, there's even more to Overwatch already. And I paid for it. But this... I I mean enough people must buy stuff because otherwise this kind of free to play model wouldn't exist. But it's interesting for a free game. It's the most impressive free game I've yeah, ever seen. That is true. Like there's no. It's like hey, if you want to try this champion, you can or you can earn enough points. But it's gonna take you a while to get those points. I'm like yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I mean if if I get the points, great. If not, there's like six other characters or eight other characters or whatever it is, and there are some more coming. But I suspect the new ones will probably be premium characters, if that's what we're calling them. Premium. Mm. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, no, premium is the right word for it. And there's the whole map thing, because currently there is just one map and there are more coming. Um, that's that's the other nice thing about the devs being so active. They're like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. There's, there's definitely stuff coming. And actually, we're inclined to believe them. And it's going to be soon. So we'll see. It'll be cool. I, I look forward to it. Yeah, me too. I've only um, played this morning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've managed... And have you not found that you've managed to fit so many games in? Yeah, yeah, I have. And like, I had a really shit first few games. I was like, I don't know, this is for me. And then literally one game, I destroyed an entire team on my own using a Spitfire, and it felt amazing. Yeah. And I helped my friend up. I was like, I feel like I'm helping, and I'm doing something. And it was just great. It's all situational, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I've had some brilliant games and some terrible games. I had one game where we won, and the only time we saw the other people was at that very end, and there was one person left. <laughs> and like that was the only time we saw any other players in the entire match because we were <laughs> sneaky about it the entire time, and then somehow we won. So Yeah, my, my first match, I came second, um, which was really annoying because we had this guy who puts gas everywhere, and he was like, oh, follow me, follow me. I had a sniper rifle, and he sat me in a room with him, and I was like, why am I here? And we just got shotgunned to death. Yeah. And it was really tragic, because I was like, that's the stupidest place for me to have been. Yeah. But, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's all around fun. Yeah. But so so cool, that's wicked. Um, in other news, uh, Razer shuts its digital gaming store after a year. Um, so it said, gaming hardware manufacturer Razer is shutting its digital store later this month, less than a year after it um, opened. Mm. Razer said game sales would stop on February 28th as a part of the company's realignment plan. It has been a privilege for us to recommend and deliver great digital games to you. We have been extremely fortunate to have you as part of our awesome community. Thank you for the support making it all possible. Now, I'm not going to lie, I find that I didn't even know that Razer had a digital store for games. I did know, and I couldn't have cared less. Exactly. So it's 
I don't know why it's really news, but it also makes me think, though, um, in in the the longer scheme of things, how much of an influence Origin and Steam have, the amount mm. of games they have, and the amount they put out there. I didn't even know they was around. Like, I mean, I go to Razer for my keyboard and my mouse all the time, even though I've got a Corsair this time round. But to be honest, after this Corsair this Corsair is done, I am going to go back to Razer because I just like Razer. I've always mm. loved Razer. It's a great mouse. I just prefer Razer. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, it, it depends what you prefer in terms of the hardware stuff. But like, realistically, how much like software and games does does Origin have? Because for me, the game, the games like the digital game store, that it is just Steam. Like, it is Steam. That's it. Yeah. Um, everything else, some things you have to because EA go, no, we're keeping it to ourselves. It has to be over here, and then make you use origin like like battlefront 2 for star wars and stuff like that was frustrating to have to get a whole new platform and yeah. like, i was literally locked out of my, of playing battlefront 2 because it decided i needed to reset my password or something <laughs> and then i couldn't get into origin which then meant i couldn't play my game until their support kind of fixed it so that's frustrating with things like that but like i don't think we need more game stores it's a bit like the whole uh, Disney doing their own subscription streaming service. It's like everybody going, oh, we need a streaming service. Well, do you? Well, I mean, it's such a difference. As like even our high street, they've still got a game and you can go in there and you can buy old games and you can buy new games at premium. Mm. But I tend to go online whenever I buy a game now. Like it's, I, I have not bought a physical copy of a game in years. No, me either. I think the last one I bought was actually Cataclysm for... World of Warcraft, that was it. Yeah. Man, that's, that's such a long time ago. Yeah. I can't even remember which is the last physical copy of oh. WoW I've got. Uh, tell a lie, PS4 games is the only thing I do buy physical. That's it. So Red Dead Redemption. But that came in the post. I didn't right. go out and yeah. buy it from a shop, you know? Absolutely, because you pre-order it on Amazon, it turns up when it turns up, like whatever else. Mm. Okay, yeah, well, so that's odd. that. Yeah. Okay, thanks, um, bye, so, Yeah, that's it. So the last one we're going to talk about, we're not going to go into massive details about it, but it is a big shock. Mm. And I was in the Lagging Bulls Discord discussion um, on Friday, Saturday? No, Saturday. It, was, it must be Saturday evening. What's today? Saturday, week. so Friday. No, last week. Oh, okay. Um, and because I had insomnia and I couldn't sleep, so I stayed up and chatted mm. to them all and ended up bitching about kind of uh because people are being let off so basically what happened so activision blizzard have laid off 800 plus staff member after a record financial year so i'll read a little bit of this guy's um so polygon released an article by michael futter um and it can be a bit biased but i'm gonna read it anyway but take from it what you will it goes mm. on tuesday afternoon Activision Blizzard told approximately 800 employees they were being laid off. The company, which is comprised of blah, 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 blah. In fact, it achieved record results in 2018. Activision made 7.5 billion in sales and 1.8 billion in profit last year. But in mm. the eyes of the management, success wasn't enough to keep the entire company employed. Record results, 800 employees out of work. The facts are more than just a recipe for cognitive dissonance. They create cerebral friction that could spark a forest fire. And considering what happened at BlizzCon and how people were very upset with Diablo. The, <laughs> what, you guys don't have mobiles? And <laughs> the fact that J. Allen Brack is now the president after the fiasco he had with the vanilla community, which, you know, you can take as you may. Loads of people don't even care about vanilla, which is fine. Um, 
but that's it. So Bobby Kotick has become the villain in this story. Kotick drew a 1.75 million salary plus another 26 million or so in stock and other equity awards in 2017. Dennis Durkin, who recently returned to the CFO role, was also put in charge of emerging business. He was given, and this is a thing, a 3.75 million cash bonus and another 11.3 million in as yet unearned performance-based equity. Uh, so, how? It's it's interesting. Um, so, I mean, loads of people say, "Oh, that's Activision. That's not Blizzard." But what's happened is that you were saying that they are changing things around. Yeah. Um, now, LB were great in saying, like, it doesn't matter what happens. We love Blizzard, but we're going to be here. We're not going to do a show for a few weeks um, so we can kind of, you know, because we feel like it'd be kind of bad for us to do um, because they know so many people in Blizzard and they are seen as such a popular Blizzard show. So I get that entirely. Um, but it is interesting seeing how this is happening and seeing especially community managers for the forums were being fired. And that's something which I found quite what because there were some very important people in the community um in the uh forum community i believe that were being let go and it caused an absolute storm on twitter because they're like they were the public face of yeah of blizzard to a lot of the fans who are trying to kind of ask them questions or try and sort the game out and with what happened with the beta in bfa where literally none of that was taken into account and they just released it there was lots of hodgepodge which i played in the beta which was still fucking there which i was yeah. angry about and i still am angry about it but it is a weird one so they are restructuring it it isn't um necessarily me being you know blaspheming the name of blizzard but it is an interesting thing that they just lay off 800 staff after a financial year what do you think about it it's curious, isn't it? I mean, I think what's interesting to note is that they are actually binning 800-odd people. And as far as I remember, they actually don't haven't done all of that yet. So there's possibly, last I saw, there was like 400-odd people that still don't know if they've lost their job yet. I wonder how they do it. They get given like a, a gift uh, box that says, hey, here you go. Days by, like off yeah. you go. Um, but the thing is, is that they're also hiring lots of devs. Yes, you see, this is the other side of it. And I don't know what for, I haven't looked into this very much, but I think it's very interesting to see that it's more of a restructuring than necessarily just, shit, let's lay off 800 people and then carry on. And I mean, let's, let's not forget that they have Blizzard on their resumes, so it's not like they're going to be out of job for long. They're going to be snapped up pretty quick if they've had a lengthy time at Blizzard because they are at the top of their game. Yeah, I, I mean, I really hope so for everybody involved. Um, it's it is unfortunate all around. I mean, th this is kind of this is what happens though. This this is business at the end of the day. Um, and sadly, no matter what we think from the outside, with people getting multi million pound bonuses and payouts for just existing, it's this is how it happens sometimes. Unfortunately, yep. it just it yes, really is. It is an interesting one. I mean, considering, you know, like 3.75 so million isn't much compared to 7.5 billion profit. Billion profit, yeah, if you think bonkers. about it, really. Absolutely and I know bonkers. that sounds silly for me to say, but it is a ridiculous amount of profit. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting seeing that. I think that in the long run, it'll be interesting to see where Blizzard take it. I think next BlizzCon will be a very interesting one. I think there's a lot... There's a lot of communication which needs to be done in order to kind of chill what's been going on. I think the fact that Overwatch League has reopened has actually kind of helped out a lot. I mean, Jeff oh, yeah. Kaplan's always been one of the bigger parts of that. So, um, yeah, we'll see. It's a very interesting time we live in. All right, moving on to some slightly more entertaining news. Um, movie and TV. Our yes. first story is Star Wars Episode Nine has wrapped shooting. Hooray! 
exciting, but also kind of like no news at the same time because I should hope so because it's going to be out like end of the year, right? I think I think it's got like a November release date or something like that. It is usually it's like before Christmas, so you get hyped up and then suddenly Christmas comes you're like wow. Yeah. It'll be nice. Um, so no official title as yet. Um, the interesting thing is JJ uh, Abrams posted on Twitter that, yep, great, we've wrapped shooting. Thanks very much, blah, 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 blah. And posted a photo of Ray... Uh, what the fuck is his name? I've totally forgotten everybody's name in that photo. You've got Ray, you've got the other guy, oh, Finn, <laughs> and then Poe Dameron. That's it, the three. Poe Dameron. Um, and... They're all kind of in a desert planet, and it appears that, like, Ray has got her staff again and not any lightsaber that we can see in that photo. But it could be that, you know, that's part of a reshoot, it's an old photo or whatever else, but they're on a desert planet. Now, we don't know whether that is Jakku again, which is, like, Ray's original planet that we found her on, or whether it's Tatooine, or is it somewhere new? It'd be interesting if it's Tatooine because that's kind of a major place in Star Wars canon. Yeah. But I hate we'll sand. See. It's coarse and it gets everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I agree with him on that. I, I couldn't agree more with Anakin. It is. <laughs> I don't agree with his, like, weird creepiness around Padme. Mm. I'm just so in love with you. <laughs> but yeah, it's wicked. I'm excited because I love, I love that they used to do a Star Wars film between the main Star Warses and Rogue One was incredible. Oh, yeah, that was so good. I, I'm sad that actually that's probably not going to happen again. Uh, no. And that's the thing. I just want to watch more Star Wars. I want to see more things in the Star Wars universe that aren't lightsabery. You know, yeah. like, I, I just love the universe. Like um, when I played the Jedi Knight series, you had Kyle Katarn, mm-hmm. who became a Jedi, but actually was like a merchanty dude before then. And he has such a wicked story. I'd love to see a Kyle Katarn film because it'd be a little bit more rugged and rough. Yeah, absolutely. I think they shot themselves in the foot by doing the Han Solo film as much as I actually personally really really enjoyed that I liked it too I think they needed to do more things like Rogue One which are kind of complete standalones and although I mean that wasn't particularly standalone because of where it's set in the time period but things like that which don't actually matter are completely separate elsewhere smaller budget if you can do it so there isn't then it's like crazy pressure to perform at the box office like there was with Solo and it'd be fine but I don't think we're going to get any more now I mean I still remember um, going through Gatwick and there was this big long uh, not an esc- you know like one of those long walkways which travelator. is like automated yeah travelator that's it um, and there was this the entire length of the travelator they'd done a Rogue One picture where you got oh, the Death yes. Star in the back and the stormtroopers like up to their ankles in water but it was the best thing in the entire like few years I've been traveling up to London. I would literally sit on the travel. I usually walk through fast through that area or yeah. try and run. But I'll be damned if every time I went through there, I just sit there and look at the picture because it was so damn nice. And when just they took beautiful. it down, I was so angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole of Rogue One was beautiful, but we'll see. I mean, we're going to get the Mandalorian uh, TV series at some point, which will be interesting. Uh, also going to be on the Disney subscription service when that launches, um, which we will get more details about that in April, I think. I think April are, hold- April are holding a conference. Disney are holding a conference in April, which will then be about the streaming service. Oh, man, I've got too many subscriptions already. Yeah. It's getting ridiculous now. I'm sick and tired of having a subscription for something. 
Yeah, me too. And okay, so interesting question. We're going slightly off topic here, but how many is too many? And what have you got? So I've got Amazon Prime, I've got Netflix, I've got Empire Magazine, and I've got Warcraft. Mm-hmm. I think I've got about four. Spotify? Yeah, maybe four or five. Yeah, Spotify, five. Sorry, okay. five. So I've got five. And even for me, five's enough. And mm-hmm. that's also with, you know, I've got my, I'm paying for my car every month and I'm also paying my rent. You know, it is a lot of money when it builds up. And I use Spotify uh, Spotify all the time when I'm driving in my car, when I'm cycling back every evening, I'm using yeah. Spotify. I'm, I use Netflix as much as I can because I've got it. I use Amazon Prime all the time for buying things. And I'm pretty sure that I've made back in postage what i have for having prime and watching vikings as well um but it does like i know that there will come a time where i'm just going to cull them because it's too much money and you just have too much going on so in terms of actual cost of money what is let's say you're like all right maybe maybe i could do another subscription a month but how much would the limit be for that extra one I'd have to be five quid, five to ten quid. Ten yeah. quid would be pushing it because I think five is okay. Considering how much you'd use it, it's more about the usability. Uh, mm. I mean, if I use it daily, I don't use Netflix daily, but my parents use Netflix to watch as well, so I don't mind keeping it open for them. And also, there's yeah. su- such great stuff. I also love Netflix originals. Um, I use Amazon Prime all the time. Um, I think I'd cancel that after a while if I got bored of it. Um, well, I have. Uh, I, I think I might do soon. I think I might do soon. But there's no incentive to stay. Um, so that's one cold away. But that's it. Like, yeah, if it's five quid, I'd consider it. But mm. it depends. Like, if the if the Disney service like, here's all the Disney films and this new thing, I'd be like, well, no, I could just pirate them. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not even going to hide behind that as an oh, don't, don't pirate. Everyone pirates. Everyone pirates everything. Mm. Yeah, in some way or another, you'd be surprised just how many people do i i don't know for me so i've got very similar ones to you we've we've got netflix um and i'm paying for the premium one because not only for the 4k but because my family and my sister use my one as well so you actually have to have the premium one to get that many people in it at the same time so on the rare occasion that we're actually all watching it then you need the extra license effectively so that's that's 10 quid a month Spotify is like eight, nine quid a month. I would not get rid of that. That's that's going nowhere. I use it's that great. so much. Um, Amazon Prime, I actually don't use very often. So I, I used to for the, the, the delivery. But whenever I want something, generally because I've cancelled it, I get this week of Prime for a pound. <laughs> and I just order what I want in that week, cancel it. And then the next time it comes around, I'm probably going to get that free bonus week of Prime for a pound anyway. So it's like it's they've totally fucked up there with amazon for me because why would i pay for a month when every now and then which is all i need i can get postage for a pound the next day yeah i don't need it i think i'll probably cancel it this evening i'm not using it at the moment I'm yeah not and then, i mean anything. it depends if if suddenly it was like amazon of the people with game of thrones well all right maybe yeah um, but i'm not buying enough like near christmas i always have amazon prime yeah yeah and that's what i kind of like about amazon prime is that it, i can duck in and out and it's it's okay um but for me i i'm kind of done like i'm not buying any more subscription services because we i it's for me like our sky tv counts as a subscription service so that's like 40 quid a month yeah for well 50 quid if you include our also internet as well so yeah i think 
the, the sheer number of subscription services is concerning to me. It's a bit like the whole game number of game stores that we were just talking about, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, moving on then to actual the next bit of news, Bond 25 is delayed again. Now, when do you think its original release date was going to be? It wasn't going to be this year. I thought it was going to be like 2020, 2021. It, it's, it was meant to be this April. No way. Yeah. I think okay. I could be getting this very fucking wrong, but I'm pretty sure April... And how stupid would that be, considering that's Avengers and Captain Marvel? Yeah, that would have been dumb. Now, the other problem is, is that Danny Boyle left the project because he was meant to be the director. He's a good guy. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see that film, um, see what he could turn in Bond into, because I think the last couple of films have been fine. So wait, who is Bond? Daniel Craig. Oh, okay. It is still Daniel Craig. This will be the final one, um, and that's that's interesting. But I think the thing for me with Bond is I'd rather they actually did some more because it has been far too long since the last one. I love Bond films. We all love Bond films. Bond is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there's people I know that will disagree with that. Um, for example, the main one I can think of that other people might know is um, Helen O'Hara from the Empire magazine. She doesn't mind the films but from a storytelling point of view and i guess perhaps a slightly feminist point of view it's they have problems because uh, if you just look and i completely agree with her actually if you oh, look yeah, at how no, the women are treated in the bond oh, films oh yeah oh yeah there's, li there's literally a, there's literally a moment and i i tell anyone to look it up on youtube because it's hilarious and horrible at the same time. It's hilarious because you know of the time it's set in. It's like, mm. it was fine. But nowadays, I watched it and I was like, oh shit, that would not run. Mm. It's a bit where Sean Connery and his friend... Sorry, there's some sort of madness going on in the uh, street outside. Um, Sean Connery is uh, talking to this guy and he's with this girl. And um, he, he picks up and he goes, okay, off you go. And he slaps her ass and he goes, man talk. And she then, she then fucks off. And I was like... Oh, yeah. oh dear. I was like, yeah, I can imagine people getting so triggered for that now. And of course, Sean Connery famously coming out saying that if his wife's out of line, he slaps her, which I disagree with entirely, yeah. does make it a little bit worse. So yeah, I completely, I can see that point of view so much. Yeah, me too. And and I absolutely agree. It's sure things were different before, back for with in the time of Sean Connery and stuff, but that doesn't mean it was right. Like it's, very problematic but uh, i it's mean just how it's, it is. it's getting better but um i'm curious to see what happens with our new director which is carrie joji fukunaga fukunaga okay. i think that's how i say that uh yeah um, fukunaga carrie joji yeah. fukunaga yeah, Beast of No Nation, which I think is actually on Netflix and apparently is fantastic from what I've heard, but uh, I, haven't, I haven't yet watched it. And also, he was one of the main direct... He? Is it he? I Harry? don't know. I feel like I should look this up now just so I actually get this right. Um, is Beast of No Nation the one which is based in Africa? Yes, with Idris Elba in, right? Oh, I've heard amazing things. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it is he. Just I thought I, I thought he was. I better just check. There we go. Um, yeah, yeah, good, good thing. Uh, so I'm curious because I've seen very little from him at all, and 
actually this will be the second big film that he's done as far as i know and obviously the first one being for netflix i think so that's very different I mean, what do you need for a Bond film? You need gadgets. You need a strapping main character that everyone wants to emulate or be. Mm. You need cool, suave Britishness. You need a car. You need some foot, some, some hot woman. Uh, there's always that. There's always the tropes, the Bond tropes that mm. I think mm. will have a clash with modern, you know, modern era stuff. Although I felt Eva Green, which I totally have a crush on, mm. um, was a fantastic. Uh, Bond girl, um, but it is interesting to see how it, maybe maybe they can might empower one of the Bond girls to be a little bit more deceptive. Because I mean, some of the Bond girls in the past, you did have your female villain, surely. Um, yeah, actually, I don't know. Did you? You did, and I can't remember. I I know I can't remember them at all. But yes, is the answer. But, but maybe a little bit more tricksky, so to keep yeah. Bond on his feet, a little bit more empowerment. Um, in that sense, but who knows? Like, it'll be cool to see what they do with this one. But as long as they hit all the elements, I go to see a Bond film because I want to see Bond action. I just want to see. I want to see gadgets. I want to see car chases. I want to see killer one-liners. Um, I want to see all that. I, I love that stuff because there's I've nothing like a Bond film. Is there? No. And just, I still remember, uh, oh, fuck, no, it's not gold, remember, that's Austin Powers. Oh, it's <laughs> called Man with a Golden Gun. Yeah. Um, Roger Moore. And, yeah. um, oh, was it Christopher Lee, who was playing as a Scaramanger. And I, how much I loved the Golden Gun. The film itself is all right, mm-hmm. but I loved the, the weapon, the Golden Gun. The fact that this guy kills and he, he charges a million a shot because the bullet's made of gold and yeah. he's such a good assassin. Oh, it's so cool. The it's characters bonkers. are cool. yeah. I, I'm uh, yeah I'm excited to see more Bond just because it's Bond um, I wish it was sooner as I've said before but yeah, yeah April same. 2020 we'll see um, and I'm looking forward to that yep more Bond please so uh, let's move on to tech news which as usual kind of is quite tech and spacey news so Jack do you want to hit us with this very sad news we had this week Yes, so uh, as you guys know, I talk often about space because I'm a space nut, and we're all space nuts, I think, at heart. Um, but we say uh, a long goodbye to Opportunity, which is on Mars. So NASA's Opportunity rover has reached the end of its life, initially designed to last 90 days, keep that in mind, and to travel only 1,000 metres or 100, you know, one, sorry, 1,100 uh, yards. The rover spent almost 15 years exploring the surface of Mars. During that time, it travelled more than 28 miles, or 45 kilometres. The last signal from Opportunity was on June 10th, 2018, when a severe global dust storm enveloped Mars. Since then, NASA has spent eight months trying to re-establish communications with the rover, to no avail. On Tuesday, February 12th, 2019, NASA made one final attempt to revive Opportunity, but were unsuccessful. Almost everybody is aware of how successful the mission was, but it's still a good time to remind ourselves of what the mission meant to our understanding of Mars. Along with its twin, Spirit, it answered fundamental questions about Mars that scientists debated for so long, um, for a long time. Um, you know, the fact that Mars was once wet, um, yeah, is a, an, in, an interesting one. Or just the sheer Mars eye candy, like the uh, true colour of Victoria Crater, um, Craters were prime targets because they're natural excavations into the geology of Mars because they dipped down. Um, which is sadly, his la- it, Opportunity's last words were, my battery is low and it's getting dark. So I rest s- in peace. Insane, isn't it? But I love what some people have said. So I went on Reddit when this was announced and someone was like, think of it in the future though. 
if we did colonize Mars, even though it's highly radioactive, which mm. it'll be interesting to see how we colonize Mars, because that's yep. going to be an arse ache. Um, they said, imagine in the future they'll find opportunity again and they'll make it like an opportunity trail. It'll be like, a, you know, the kids will kind of know that that was humanity's first mark. Even if Earth gets exploded, right, if, if something would happen, we all got wiped out by a solar flare, that little robot would be there just like, oh, I forgot what out. it's called. Yeah, it'd be just be hanging out there. Just like there's something we sent into space. I've forgotten the name of it, which is blasphemous for me. I should know this. But we sent out a record into space under yeah. Ronald Reagan's time. And that's still floating around as we that we know. But it's such a fantastic thing because it's done so much into getting us to understand Mars. And one of the people who worked on that project said, you don't understand how exciting it is to receive an image back from the rover and be the first one on Earth to see it before you put it out to the to the national media and see how similar certain things are. Um, I just it was awesome. So you know, I'm so glad the opportunity was there and that we get to see panoramics of Mars and what what that holds for the future and how, what it says about the planet as well. Um, it truly really was a testament to any and all space programs. And I think because of this and because of SpaceX, um, recently, this is just an extra piece of news, they've um, chucked in a lot more budget into the US space budget because mm. this is the first time with SpaceX launching their manned space mission some point this year, hopefully. Um, this will be the first time in a long time that space is, that rockets have gone off American soil. So there's a lot more interest in the American space program again, which I'm all for, um, especially with China landing on the far side of the moon. I feel like we're getting back into funding for space and I for one cannot wait. So, you know, a slacker salute to Opportunity for your fantastic work and we hope the Spirit and any other future drones that are sent over there also do as well. Absolutely. I think it's just so impressive how much longer it lasted. And I know they're always conservative with these things, you know, only 90 days. And I think they probably knew that it could do more than that. But obviously they have to set a certain amount of time in stone so that they can do it. Yeah. And I, the thing that I, I'm looking forward to is is if the actual kind of reality of something like The Martian, which and just going to find it and just seeing what happened with it. Because I'm curious, like, Same. is it because of the dust storm that just covered up its solar panels and that's it? Because for me, does that not mean if it gets dusty and windy enough again that it could be uncovered? That'd in the cool. future and then in like yeah. five years time it's suddenly like beep hello again yeah twitter i'm back bitches <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's insane so yeah that could be really cool in the future but um there's some interesting stuff we've got at least is it opportunity that's now on mars or is it curiosity i can't remember curiosity brother. yeah that's it yeah, yeah i always get them confused um so it's mars isn't untouched by us by any means so i'm i'm curious to see what happens next version 0.20 install window wipers and solar panels yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm not sure they necessarily consider that as a problem but hey <laughs> but yeah true uh, so, okay. so what, what tech news have you found uh pretty short on tech news this week i mean there is loads going on honestly there really is there's all sorts of folding screen nonsense going on um <laughs> i saw something like this uh, f smartwatch that has got a flex in it so it's kind of like a long thing rectangle and it can curve around your wrist a bit um, just uh, there's a, a mobile cool. um, a worldwide mobile conference I can't remember what it's called um, fuck it anyway that's coming up in the next week or so so expect to see 
a lot more phone news coming soon. Um, especially from Samsung, we know they've got some big new lines of products coming soon. Um, but the bit of tech news I want to talk about briefly today is effectively AI managing to write thoroughly convincing news and fiction. And I, when I mean convincing, I mean it is literally writing something that you would just assume is a news article, except it never existed or happened. Wow. So I will read a part of the article from The Guardian. Um, the title is New AI Fake Text Generator May Be Too Dangerous to Release, Say Creators. Russia is interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, the Elon Musk backed nonprofit OpenAI declines to re release research publicly for fear of misuse, which is concerning in itself. Um, the creators of Revolutionary. revolutionary my beer has made it very difficult to talk. Same. Um, <laughs> the the creators of Revolutionary AI system that can write and uh, write news stories and works of fiction is dubbed Deep Fakes for Text have taken the unusual step of not releasing their research publicly for fear of potential misuse. Now, what it did was effectively was given access to the entirety of things like Reddit and with it just took everything in that it could find um, any text. What happens is if you feed it the opening line of George Orwell's 1984, and that line is, it was a bright cold day in April and the clocks are striking 13. The system recognizes the vaguely futuristic tone and the novelistic style and continues with, I was in my car on the way to a new job in Seattle. I put the gas in, put the key in, and then I let it run. I just imagined what the day would be like a hundred years from now in 2045. I was a teacher in some school in a poor part of rural China. It started with a Chinese history and a history of science. And then it just goes on and on and it could just write these fictional stories from, from nothing and they're not garbage either it's perfectly readable and like concerningly so because it could say anything That's and we're not... already worried about fake news bullshit well, yeah well it's, we are we do live in a time of fake news i'd suggest to anyone this is i mean you guys all know me it's metal gear solid nut but at the end of metal gear solid 2 in the game it's um it talks about ai and hideo kojima um Whenever he released a game, it would always be quite on the cusp of what was going on currently in the world and modernity. And he predicted that all this fake news stuff was going to happen like 10 years earlier. Mm. And it's nuts when you listen to this conversation between the character Raiden and the AI. And that will be kind of something I, I hope you play the game before you get to that bit because it's near the end. <laughs> but the entire essence of the speech is that they will control people through fake news because people will take the word as gold, which is why I don't trust newspapers and I never have. I always try and dig deeper, even if you find some gruesome news or some gruesome fact. I did that with ISIS. I would watch some of the more severe videos so I can understand what was going on out in that sort of mm. time and space. And because I have that kind of mental fortitude to do that, I further got an idea of what was going on, especially when I talked to my, my, my diocese. It was interesting how little they knew. And I was saying, look, this is, this is their ideology. This is their thought. You can't convert, you can't stop. And that's been a big issue currently with um, people trying to come back. There's a there's a, uh, a teenager trying to come back to the UK, uh, yeah, heavily pregnant, and you know this, and there's a massive thing in, um, in question time. And I'm not gonna go over it in this podcast um, because it is quite a deep subject, but uh, it is interesting how influential people are with news. Like I know people, I've known, I know someone, I'm not gonna name them, but, um, 
read far-right news articles and believed lots of things about Muslims that were just completely and utterly untrue. Yeah. And the same with Christians. Like, I mean, you, you hear something about the Pope saying something and immediately it gets jumped on by... 50,000 people who all want to condemn it, completely chuck it, crush it, whatever. We do live in a time where whatever's gold, and people are so quick to condemn, I find nowadays. So with something as as interesting as an AI system that can see trends as well, that is incredibly dangerous. Because if someone says something wrong, I mean, people are being brought up on things they said 10 years ago on Twitter. Yeah. People have lost their jobs from that. It's fucking insane. And I think it's stupid personally, because I mean, look at Liam Neeson. This is news, by the way, so I will touch mm. on this. But Liam Neeson said that his friend got raped and he walked around trying to look for a black man to kill. It's terrible. But he also said, that he realized his error and he went back and the issue with that is it also says well we can't talk about racism we can't talk about things because the moment you say this is how i once thought people don't focus on the fact that you've changed and that you reverted and you saw how terrible that was in that process they just see that you did that at some point in time yeah um and so with things like ai developing and creating this fiction seeing how those trends are if it understands how we react to things that could be so heavily abused and I find that terrifying. Yeah, I absolutely. I think this is the right call from uh, is OpenAI um, just to, to not release this yet. It's it's it is genuinely dangerous. Like it could be misused so many ways. But it is an impressive piece of technology and absolutely is is hugely advantageous to any kind of uh, AI programs in the future because. Think about it. If you if you try and build like an Android robot that is designed to be something like let's just pick C3PO as as an easy example, or even something like iRobot before they went to shit and tried to kill everybody, you need things like these speech generators, and and they just this is a huge step forward in like a conversational program for for any AI, whether it be in some yeah. kind of robot or whatever else. It, it's incredible. Like, do you remember what happened to Tay on Twitter? Do you know no. that? Microsoft released an AI called Tay that was supposed to react with people and kind of send nice messages mm. and get the nicer side of the internet so that the AI would cooperate and send really nice things. It got turned into a racist, xenophobic hate speech machine within <laughs> 15 hours. Like, there's literally a picture of Hitler with a circle around his face and it says hashtag swag that Tay released, <laughs> which is hilarious. Or check out the Swaggy Boy. Me and my mates hanging out. It's like him, Hitler and Himmler. And it's just, oh my God. And it happened so quick. So it's interesting. I think that when you do have an AI system that that smart, it is wicked. I also wonder what would happen with human interaction and if it can be mm. influenced. Because it can, with the anonymity of the internet, imagine the terrifying consequences oh, of yeah. human interaction. Because people will be like, lol, type, 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 type. And then it will actually have bigger ramifications. What do you yeah. think about that? Yeah, I, I think it's concerning where this could lead because you're right, you can just go, let's fuck with the AI because it's funny and then <laughs> that leads to bad things. I mean, people do are actually doing this with autonomous cars. So there's autonomous cars being tested. Um, I think Seattle is one of the cities. Um, so the idea is just to stand in front of it, effectively block it in or whatever else and just see what happens because all it can do is just sit there and freak out, can't it? Because So it, it's things like that that is actually happening already. I just, I just imagine this Tesla going... 
like reversing yeah. in and out of a car spot because of just standing there like a dick. Yeah, right, exactly. All right. Until it gets it, <laughs> then turns red and then just runs you over because it's got that manual override that says run that bitch over. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, uh, anyway. Let's move it on. <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up. So we actually did get some uh, uh, voice clip sent in to us by one of our wonderful listeners, uh, Rigor Morsi. Now, Jack, have you had a chance to actually listen to this? I have, yeah. Um, he basically discussed what was going on last show. Um, it's nice. I do love hearing from you guys. And I also love hearing people's kind of thoughts and reactions to what's going on, especially with what we talk about. If there's anything that we've talked about today that either you found um, personally, you know, personally either did something for you or you have some insight that we don't please please uh chip in because we'd love to read that out on the show and get your opinion i mean this is an open forum in that sense i know there's just us two talking but we love conversation and for the sake of conversation that's kind of why we're also going down more of a news sort of line at the moment because it does breed more conversation and i love that absolutely so i tell you what let's play this for us now we're here more to you for a quick just audio. I'm uh, just quick ones about um, about uh, guilds being quiet. Guilds are guilds. It's quite uh, can be quite quiet at times. I'm like Ed and Jack, and, and end up being sort of solo play a lot of the time. Though we do group stuff, and if people are around, they're happy to run dungeons with me or whatever. It's just real life always gets caught in the way. Like, thankfully, I can um, stealth and then disappear and then come back. I'm about twelve hundred away rep wise from. Champions of Atheros, Atheros, and about the same for um, Zendelari Empire. So I'm waiting to do a troll paladin. Space stuff, very cool. Uh, I think we should have shit tons of unmanned stuff all over the moon, uh, you know, or Mars or any of the local planets, you know. We should be having stuff on there, work out about farming and work out about, you know, resources and stuff, because they're bound to have, we're going to run out of resources at some point. So, you know, the, more, the sooner we start drilling, <laughs> the better, I guess. Uh, I play f- Faster and Light is a kind of stupid uh, space game I play a little bit. I've just got KFC and finished doing The Cellar, which is kind of like, I'm like some sort of weird apocalyptic survivalist or something, I guess. I've got a whole year's worth of stuff in my cellar uh, to live off of, which is, which is cool, you know. Anyway, that's it. I better go. Um, more next time. Cheers. Congratulations on your reputation gains, uh, Rigor Morty. And for the new daggers, that's wicked. Um, KFC is indeed beast. Um, I haven't had it in ages. Faster Than Light is a game I actually don't know of, so I'm going to have to check that out. But uh, yeah, thank you very much, Ed. Yeah, I, it's, it's honestly, it's pretty cool to have people uh, write in, but I say write in, but you know, <laughs> send in. Um, I, it's just, it's nice. it's a nice way of interacting with people, and it's, it's interesting to have the kind of extra member of the cast temporarily while talking about the things that we spoke about. That's kind of, that's fun. I think... I'd love for everybody else to send stuff in. So if you if you have anything at all you want to send in, whether it's just in email form or or even audio form like Rig Morty did, just send it and we'll we'll respond. We'll play it on the show if you want us to or or not. It's up to you. But it's it's great to interact with you guys. Even if you want like a shout out or you want us to cover a certain subject, I'd, I'd love that. Yeah, so if you found like your your this bonkers news story in one of our subject areas, then just send it in and just we'll have at it. All right, I guess that is kind of the show. Shall we just quickly go back to our beers? Yeah. So I did finish it, and it was a tough one. But do you know what? It wasn't overly bad. I don't think I'd have it 
every day. Um, mm. I don't think I'd have it often, but I won't say, I'd say mine's about 2.5 to a 3. It felt average near the end and I did get used to the bitterness, mm. but that first smack when I opened it was just insane. Um, it's definitely like, if you're an IPA lover and you love that bitterness, this is the beer for you in that sense to try and, you know, for, I could see that, I could see this being great at a barbecue because it's quite dry, um, really dry. Um, but yeah, so 2.5 to a 3 for me for uh, Drygate, um, for Drygate from Gladeye IPA. Cheers. Cheers. Um, I would actually kind of agree with you on that for my beer as well. So uh, Shipyard American IPA. I... I was really intrigued by the initial taste of it and it's it's nice it it does taste great but i can't say i really enjoyed drinking it all the way through it's it's an interesting one now i generally like ipas like gen my my default choice is to go grab something that says hey it's an ipa i kind of know what to expect but i haven't enjoyed this one mm. and i don't know why i don't like dislike it but it's fine so i think i'm gonna go with like the two and a half because it's not a bad beer but it's not like fantastic for me yeah i'm with you cool all right we will try and be back in two weeks or less the next time and actually jack tell us about poems of places before we get out of here yes so i've released um, a new poems of places uh which is based in howling fjord um it's I've, i'm trying to get used to it i must admit that this one was a bit different because i'm also in a house for love of the people so sometimes i'm trying to keep it a little bit more quiet in the evenings and trying to pace it pacing was is is okay um but I'm getting back into it more. Um, I will be doing a new one based in Outland soon. So please stay uh, please stay in um, contact with that, um, which you can find me at Poems of Places on Twitter. Um, so I'll be doing more of those in the future. But there are previous episodes, such as on Red Ridge, um, Northshire, and, of course, Duskwood. Um, but yeah, so it's, a, it's basically a poem format... Uh, I, you know, I go to a place and wow, I make a poem about it and then I upload it. That's pretty much it with the backing track underneath it of that place if I can find it. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed the Howling Fjord one. It's such an incredibly dense zone with the amount that's going on there. So I hope I've done it justice. But, you know, if if you feel like I have, if you feel like I haven't, please give me a uh, give it a listen and give me some feedback. I'd love to love to hear more. Yeah, and it's always nice to to know what people's favorite zones are as well because I, for me the the duskwood one was fantastic um because i just love that zone it's 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 a very strange zone um yeah but i i really like the spookiness of it yeah i like the darkness of it too um all right so that was a show thank you for joining us we would love to hear your feedback so be sure to join our discord link at the link in the show notes i said that terribly if you haven't already and you can follow us on twitter <laughs> at slackers underscore studio jesus christ that was terrible um if you're a bit more old-fashioned send us an email at the slackers mailbox at gmail.com that is the slackers mailbox at gmail.com and if you enjoy our show please give us a review over on itunes as this really helps us reach new people don't, Don't let, let your, your boss, boss catch, catch you slacking. slacking. Until, Until next time, we've been, been your slackers. slackers. Woo! But wait, there's more. There's more! Here's some messages from other podcasts in the Slackersphere. Hey, Slackers, it is Frasley. Want to hear even more discussion about World of Warcraft and geeky stuff? Head on over to Frazzlecast in your local supermarket podcast app, right next to the lettuce. Each week, I talk with people from Azeroth, and beyond! Hey Slackers, Allie here. Do you enjoy Warcraft Dungeons? Ever wonder what the stories are behind them, but are just too busy slacking to look it up? 
I've got you covered. Check out Dungeon Fables on Google Play, iTunes, or SoundCloud. Take care and keep on slacking.